I feel like I can't speak to The Rock as a pegger is a great I episode. Mean, <laughs> that just may be the show description. <laughs> I can't tell if The Rock is a good pegger or not. I, I can't speak to can't whether speak. he... We have theories, but we can't speak to the theories. I'm not going to give feedback on something I've never experienced, you know? I know you said it, and I've seen other people have vouched for the legitimacy of Paddington 2. But I don't know a single thing other than the Twitter account that just basically photoshops Paddington in multiple movies. Did you ever read the Paddingtons? As like a kid, probably, but I'm old cat. I got an old ass brain. Those, Those books are from like 1905. I, I exactly. I can't think that far back. All right. So Paddington is a bear from darkest Peru. Okay. He's from a, a very dark part of the forest and doesn't really have a name, so he calls it Darkest Peru. And okay. there's an accident. Well, he lives with his aunt and uncle, and there's an accident, and his uncle dies, and his aunt wants to retire to the home for old bears. Okay. And they had met a British explorer who got to know them and taught them to speak English and taught them to like enjoy marmalade and other British things. So his aunt sends him to London with a little tag on his jacket that says, please look after this bear. Like they did with other little kids in world war two. Okay. And as I'm sure you can imagine, some people were shits. (laughs) Okay. And so a lot of the first movie is him learning how to integrate a little bit, but also trying to find the explorer, but also the people around him learning that just because his ways are different and a little more like bear-like, there's not anything really wrong. Okay. And there is a villain, and it's Nicole Kidman, and she's really fucking hot, and it's not fair. (laughs) I mean, shouldn't all our villains be hot, man, in a Uh, perfect world? And then the second one, it is almost Aunt Lucy's birthday, and Paddington wants to get her a present. That's it? That's the that's the synopsis? Yep. Who's the villain in that? Hugh Grant. Okay, so we have two white people that are villains, so we, can we just assume a third white person will be a villain in this new one? I mean, it's England. Wow. They're not going to make there a not-white person the villain. Then there they're going to look racist. What if they have, like, Skepta as a villain? That'd be fucking funny. <laughs> I feel like we're due for another woman. Because it's been every other so far. Oh, what about our girl, um, Titanic? Ooh, that'd be a good one. Yes. But, yeah, uh, Titanic 2 is uh, perhaps the tightest plotted and most, like, well-made reintegration movie ever. Okay. And Paddington 1 is just really sweet and good. So when you say, like, reintegration, how far apart were were they? Like four or five years, I think. But it's mostly about, like, they plant seeds at the end of 1 that they remind you about at the beginning of 2, that by the end of 2 have kind of blossomed and everybody has their moment where that one thing has come back in to play in some way, you know? Okay. Like, it all just fits together really neatly, and none of it really feels like a stretch. So, they're shooting it in July, cancer season, shout out to us. So, probably not going to come out until next year then, so 2024, put it on the calendar. I will just say, I was in St. Paul's Cathedral, which is in Paddington 2, when they were filming Paddington 2. Oh, shit. <laughs> And I did not know that was what they were filming at the time. They just said they were filming a film. (laughs) Okay. And when I was watching it, I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) 
I recognize. I know what's happening. Are you just a random extra in the movie that no one, like, you can see like the back of your head in some random scene? I, I am not because we were not allowed anywhere close to where they were doing what they were doing. Okay. And I remember it was kind of a nuisance because at the time I had just had my knee surgery and we yeah. had to go upstairs and then downstairs to move around where they were filming. Well, yeah, that would um, which be was annoying. hard for me. Yeah, naturally so, naturally so. So you're getting Thursday midnight seats for Paddington. Oh yeah. Trois. Oh yeah. In uh, in you know 40x or whatever. Hilarious. Did I send you the the thing where they were like, don't go see Avatar: Way of Water in 40x because it will shake you around a whole lot, and also since it's all water sounds, it will like shake the pee out of you. The fuck? No, I did not see that. Holy yeah, shit. so there was this article that came out like, and they were like, yeah, by the way, like it's supposed to vibrate whenever there's like a major event, and apparently Navi walking is a major event. Hilarious. <laughs> Stepping with the big dogs now. So they were like, yeah, by hour three, we were like dead. Because we'd just been shaken for three hours. Is 40X more of an experience than IMAX? Because. Yeah, 40X has the shaking seats. Okay. Maybe the ones in San Antonio kind of suck. Because like, it's like deeper bass. And I think by extension, that shakes the seats, but I don't think the seats are programmed to shake. So I will just say there is a difference between RPX and 4DX. Uh, okay, RPX is the, the regal base. premium experience with the Dolby sound. Okay, I'm thinking Four, of RDX. 4DX is basically you sit in like a theme park seat in like oh. a pod of seats that move. Oh, like the D box when I when I went on that magical trip on Top Gun Maverick. That yes. shit was so fun. Oh my god. So yeah. Fun. But imagine imagine the seats are just like tossing you the whole time for the duration of Avatar the Way of Water while also playing water sounds. Oh, don't they spray water on you too? Some of them. I think I was in one that sprayed water and that shit was mad weird. Uh <laughs> I don't want like what poor teenager had to refill that water like don't I mean, tell me because I, I don't want to know but like do we even know it's real water like it could be some chemical substance we have no clue what it is but did you see a man the rock shilling for some more clout yeah I'm also not a surprised or be upset Con- hot take hot take coming in <laughs> so the live action Moana is not a surprise to you. I mean, I'm a little surprised it was so soon, but I was yeah. also then pleasantly surprised that they invited Alia Cavallo back. And it occurs to me that they don't have a very long window if they would like her to do it. Well, yeah. Because she's already like 20 and she looks a lot older than she did when Moana came out when she was like 15. Because, you know, that's how time works. Uh, uh, yes that is how time works yes but if they wanted to use her they didn't have an unlimited window of time so i guess it makes sense on that level are you gonna go see it actually did you like moana moana is maybe my favorite latter day disney movie oh okay additionally i think that that is a pretty cool thing to have happen at the same shareholder meeting where they took random calls and one of them was a guy who went on a sexist, racist, homophobic rant for 15 minutes. So for them to immediately chase that with, we're making the movie with the Disney princess with no sexuality who's brown and her friend who's brown in their village of brown people. Yeah, man. Uh. It's like, honestly, such a fucking serve. Yo, <laughs> yo, how the fuck they they let uh, incels in on the Disney call, man? That's fucking crazy. But also, I think this is a really canny move for Disney in a lot of ways, because kids who grew up watching Moana during the pandemic are not like they don't know. They don't have the stigma against the live actions yet. So True. now as teenagers, they're going to have like, cool, there's like 
a little more of like a grown-up serious Moana now. So they're going to have level one and level two covered immediately. Like that runway is running. <laughs> uh, yeah. So do you think I'm being too hard on it? Do you think it'd actually be a good movie? I don't know that it's going to be a good movie, but I don't know that it needs to be a good movie. I'm just happy that Disney is making a live action remake that is centering on brown people and a hero that does not need a man to be in love or do her purpose. Yeah. All right. I'm also excited that they are casting people of the races that they are, which they did in the movie too, but like, I'm happy they're maintaining that. And also the grandma in Moana is like my favorite Disney character ever because she reminds me of my Auntie Norma. And I cry every time I think about her and the voice actress they got sounds like my Auntie Norma. So I am going to cry a lot. (laughs) It's okay to cry a lot. There's nothing wrong with that. So the existence of this is worth it then? I hope so. I've been burned by a lot of the live action Disney remakes. In fact, I would argue... (laughs) Most of them. I was going to say, um, hasn't, isn't that like, like the whole thing with it? I like Cinderella. I think the Cinderella one is good. But I feel like the Cinderella one, the thing that they did right with that one is it's not at all like a shot-for-shot shot remake of the animated one. Hold on, which Cinderella one? 2015. Oh, I was thinking of Brandy and Whitney Houston one. No, I love that one as well, but I would argue that that is a slightly different breed than these very corporate remakes. Well, yeah. Also, Brandy and her prince are now back in style on Disney Channel because they are now in the very popular Disney Descendants series. There's going to be a new movie in which Cinderella's daughter is a character and Cinderella's daughter is Brandy Cinderella's daughter. Yeah. And the prince. So that's cool. But I think the, the Lily James Cinderella does a really interesting job of like teasing apart just adding a little more depth into the Cinderella narrative without remaking it clock for clock, without remaking it perfectly. Yeah. And just pushing a little bit more depth in without forcing a little more depth in. Okay. Makes it good. And it's beautiful. Kenneth Branagh directing it is just so dreamy. <laughs> he does a beautiful job with it. But it also doesn't try to correct a lot of the problem, like it corrects some of the problems from the first one. Beauty and the Beast is the one where I'm like, I get so angry. <laughs> okay. Shout out to Ty Burr because he wrote a review of it that made me feel very justified because I agreed with him completely. And my review and his review before I even read his like lined up in a lot of ways. Okay. But they do this thing, which I have heard people call, including a video essayist I love, Beast for She, where Uh, they kind of try to capitalize on the he for she movement, but make the beast this like weird secret feminist. But the way that they do that is by just making him like neg Belle and make her feel bad all the time. Okay. But like she invented the laundry machine for some reason. (laughs) And she's teaching all the girls in the village to read and everyone in the village hates that. Okay. And every time she comes on screen, I just hear in my head, like, this is my fight song. Take that. And I just, like, it's not, that's not the vibe. Hilarious. That's funny. I don't know, man. It sounds like you're, you're kind of on board with Disney, man. <laughs> Me just shitting on the live action Beauty and the Beast for 15 minutes. And you're like, yeah, I think you're with the shits. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I mean, well. So what if they just did only remakes, but it can only be non-fable shit? So it had to be humans and then doing one-to-one instead of, like, you know, CGI bullshit lions. Would that be at least a a minimal thing to at least achieve some sort of normalcy, I I suppose? I mean, I guess my question is, do you want a fairy tale or a thrilling adventure story based in demigod lore, to be normal. Got a point there. I think my problem with Mulan is that they tried way too hard to make the very simplified version of Mulan normal. Okay. They got rid of Mushu. They got rid of all the music. They got rid of all the stuff that was interesting and then tried to make a, like, TVG war movie. (laughs) Yeah. 
And somehow that just doesn't hold together, weirdly. Yeah. I'm glad it did well in China, I guess. <laughs> Shouts out Chinese brothers and sisters. Uh, I guess. I mean, Maleficent <laughs> is another one where I'm like, oh, that could have been something. It wasn't, but it could have been. I mean, everything could be something until it's not. I'm admittedly intrigued by the Snow White remake with Rachel Zegler. Mostly because I like her, though. Really doesn't have anything to do with Snow White. Because I have a feeling they're going to try to fix Snow White in a way that, like, she's supposed to be... In in the story, she's seven. In the movie, she's 12 or 14. She doesn't have to be, like, a full adult yet. She's, She's a child. That's the point. Is this the first Snow White remake by live action? Wasn't by it like Disney, a... yes. Okay. But there was a Snow White and the Huntsman and Mirror Mirror were the two that came out from other studios. So I'm assuming you love both of those equally? Oh, yeah. 10 out of 10, no notes. There it is. There it is. That That's a lie. They're both awful. I For know. different reasons. Hold on. Your girl Gal Gadot is in the Snow White. Is she going to be the evil, uh, what's her face? Yeah, she's the, the the evil queen. Oh, I mean, she'll pull that off. Uh, <laughs> she's got the cheekbones for it. Yeah, she got the other shit for it, too. Uh, <laughs> all right. There's some positive news. We got Snow White. We got The Rock shilling for some clout because his movies stink. But, you I, know, it's I for a good cause. I'll also say the Jungle Cruise movie I don't love. I think it's one of the better, like, weird live-action things they've done lately. Okay. But The Rock is very solid in that. He knows exactly what energy to bring, and he brings it exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know more, sometimes less. (laughs) No, I, I wouldn't even say less. I think he's like, oh, okay, I have to, like, pack a snack for myself, and I know exactly how hungry I am. I know how hungry I'll be in two hours. Perfect. It's adequate. The peg fits in the hole. It's not an exciting peg or an exciting hole, but they both, you know, it, it works. Shouldn't all holes be exciting, though? If we're going to peg the holes, let's peg with a purpose. Well, weren't you just talking about how you wanted Disney movies to be more normal, maybe? Like, I don't think that's necessarily... Well, I, it's not that I wanted it, not, but... Not all holes need to be special. Sometimes holes can just be holes. I mean, I think all holes are special in some way, but sometimes you got to make sure the pegging is 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 adequate, man. I cannot speak to how Dwayne The Rock Johnson is as a pegger. I can't. <laughs> I mean... Is that the episode title? Is The Rock uh, the pegger of the hole? My daddy's podcast is called Hyphenation. It's the world's greatest podcast. Barack Obama approved. On Hyphenation, my daddy talks about all kinds of cool things. And sometimes I'm on the podcast too. Sometimes he has his friend Marcus on. Sometimes he stays up really late and he's tired the next day. But it's worth it. But he loves his podcast and I love his podcast. So I really want you to listen to Hyphenation. So daddy doesn't get sad. He really doesn't get sad, though, because he has me. Oh, wait, please listen to Hyphenation. Thanks, y'all. I love the podcast, so please, please, please try to join. But if you know him. Perfect. Thank you. Can we hear it now? Speaking of an experience, Cat, unfortunately... We've we've done it. We've tried. We've gone back in the past. We've explored some territory that we never explored before. You can say that we pegged Hollywood and the results. We found some special holes. But now we were the ones that got pegged. Old Uh, white men in Hollywood really did strike again this week. They sure struck again. So I think we're going to have to resurrect America's second favorite game of kind of problematic hella problematic or burn this problematic america's favorite game is just a tip but in this case we got to talk about robert altman's mash movie so cat you sent me a message it was in the wee hours of the night you couldn't continue you couldn't go on and i understood where you're coming from 
But uh, tell me about your journey with the MASH unit. I felt like my brain was melting out of my mouth. (laughs) That may have been more entertaining than this fucking movie, man. So 20 minutes in, I was like, I must have missed something because the movie has started. But I don't know who any of these people are. (laughs) Yeah, that was a rough start. I can definitely say that. Took me a minute to catch up. And then I went, oh, all of these people are terrible. (laughs) And not even in, like, newer creative ways. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember the – you've seen The Parent Trap, right? The Nancy Myers Parent Trap? Seen both, yes. You know the camp scene in that where they're, like, playing pranks on each other and it's, like, kind of shitty? Yeah. It was just that, but racist and two hours long. Bitch, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> racist, mean, misogynistic. Yeah. <sighs> it was. And a... then I was like, wait, there's no plot. <laughs> I was 20. I had like 25 minutes left. I might go back and try to finish it after this. I don't know. Oh, but my I went, God. <laughs> I would say maybe not, man. I was like, nothing's happened that matters. <laughs> no, no, it does not. So basically, the I mean, the premise of the movie is you're following these asshole doctors just, like, making wisecracks, like, the whole time. But to be honest, I think there were moments I thought were funny, but it just got more meaner, and, and then it turned to racist. <laughs> and I was so confused by how did we get here? I'd also like to say I've seen some episodes of the TV show. I think this works a lot better in that format. Well, because it's shorter bites of that. And also, you, you can't say uh, Dago Red on television very often. Yeah. I don't believe so. It's, I think, a little easier to hang out with shitty people that aren't interesting for a half an hour instead of shitty people who aren't interesting for two hours. But it was that show was on for like 10 years, like nine years or something like that. Yeah, but still, you watch it in a half hour segment, yeah. you know, once a week or whatever. It's a little different. So I asked you if you if you remember where you tapped out. You said uh, initially you said no. So remember the doctor who they eventually called Hot Lips? Yeah. Like, so. I remember that there was a golf cart. Okay. You actually tapped out around when they started making like the racist Asian caricature voices. I so, believe that's what made me pause and really think about if I wanted to keep doing this. So the way they set this scene up is they pull into the golf cart, but you only see the wheels of the golf cart. You hear like Asian dialect and they pan up and it's the two fucking white men talking to each other. And when that happened, I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. That, that pan is literally where I shut it off. The like, pan happened. I saw that was the joke, and I just went, I'm going to watch Cody Rhodes defeat racism. <laughs> and then he didn't, and I realized it was because people still, like, watch MASH for fun. Like, this is our <laughs> fault. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> you actually tapped out, like, way before. So there's, like, it's, like, <laughs> it's like the it's, like, levels of racism. First you get Dago Red. Then you get the Japanese imitation and then the scene that you tapped out on that I fully tapped out on was for whatever reason, they negotiate to play a football game and they want to get a ringer for the football game. And if I gave you a million guesses, you will probably not guess the name of the football player. They got his name. Beer Chucker Jones. And it's not like, you know, they say it once. They repeatedly say his name. And the lead white guy of the of the MASH unit, he says, do you mind if I call you Spear Chucker? And this black man says to a white man, I don't, I don't care what you call me. What the absolute hell. And then they play a football game. <laughs> a game of football in this mash fucking movie of apparently saving lives on the surgery on a surgery floor and 
that was why I fully was like, yeah, I just need to finish this. Just so I finished it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> sexism, racism, <laughs> mash. There it is. The Hot Lips character. They were just so mean to her for no fucking reason. Like, I definitely um, understand. Um, um, excuse me. Excuse me. She was a woman. <laughs> Basically, that's it. She that is a, enough of a reason. She is a smart, capable woman, and we had to tear it down at every single turn. Like, that shit, Bingo. Was, that shit was crazy. Because they kept being mean to her. And it wasn't like she was, like, sabotaging their work. She wasn't, like, bad talking to them. She literally was like, I need to do my job. And they're like, no, nah, we can't abide by that shit. We got to call you all types of B words and all that wild shit. So, Women? Sh- jobs? Ew. <laughs> Women know what they do? Know what to do? What? Huh? Women don't have jobs. Like, I, I thought we'd been, like, that's what we fought for in World War II, for women to not have jobs. <laughs> there weren't enough kitchens in this movie. <laughs> Yo, man. This movie's fucked up. This movie's... It is, and finally, I actually like Altman for the Altman movies I've seen. Shortcuts and The Player. I think he's really great, but... This shit was just crazy, man. It was just too much. Hang on. I gotta see what, if any, of his movies I've seen. I oh, mean, I've seen Popeye! Oh, yeah, I've seen Popeye as well. <laughs> That's so funny. I've seen Popeye as well. Did you know they just left that set there, and it's like a tourist attraction? So you can just go to Popeye Village, Malta, and, like, get married there, or get drunk there, or... <laughs> Spend Easter Sunday there. Why not all three in one day? You know? (laughs) Get Bluto to marry you in a Catholic ceremony. We were actually going to watch Tanner 88 last season, but it got pulled from the episode list. So we were going to get some Altman in, but this mash, it was too much, man. It was way too fucking Yeah. Yeah, I've seen Popeye. That's it. (laughs) Shout out to Robin Williams. Shout out to him. Shout uh, out to Shelly Duvall. Yes, shout out there as well, shout out there as well. So, we gotta play America's second favorite game. So, kind of problematic, hella problematic, Burn is problematic. Now, Cat is someone who did not finish the film, which actually more qualifies you, because that would give you more of a reaction to it. Are we gonna label this as kind of problematic, or hella problematic, or should we burn this to the ground? Problematic. We wait in suspense. I think it's gotta go. <laughs> like I was really like, maybe this like helped somebody deal with some of the shit that they saw in Korea. Like I really like was like, and I was like, wait, if this is the thing that helped them, no wonder we're so fucked. I mean, <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> now cat, get out your blowtorches. Because we got to burn this, this bad might... boy to the ground. I think this might be the first one I've ever said has got to go. Yeah, we did like, we did Peter Pan. We did fucking um, uh, 16 Candles. like. <laughs> but I also think that like a lot of these movies, like I would argue Peter Pan and 16 Candles, both if given like the proper context, can yeah. tell you a lot about what was going on at the time. Yeah. And if this was a better movie, I would probably make the same argument. Yeah. But the pace and the tone was the thing that was making me check out. And then the problematic elements were the things that made me turn it off. Yeah. So you can, yeah. Have, you can have one or the other. You can't have both and not be on the burn list. If this film just wasn't so mean, it would be a much better movie. So you're breaking, like, the, the nurse's balls or whatever. Like, and you do it, like, maybe, like, once or whatever. But then eventually you bring her back into the fold. Like, okay. Everyone gets teased or whatever, but... Yeah, especially it, if you if you saw, like, they had just kind of finished doing it to a guy. Yeah. And, you know, so we see that it's a cycle and that's what they do. And, like... But honestly, like, when they put the microphone under the bed... That shit was, that shit was crazy, man. Like... I just like. 
It's so mean, man. I think this may be. It wasn't just mean. It was like icky. Like the stuff in 16 Candles is gross, right? And it's shitty and you shouldn't treat somebody that way. And this is, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like a very different kind of violation. Yeah, yeah. Watching it made me feel bad. Yes, it made me feel bad also, yes. With 16 Candles, I was like, that joke is disgusting and we need to talk about it. In this, I was like, I don't know that I ever want to think about that again. Yeah. 16 Candles, like, you have, like, an actual teaching moment of this is what men thought as far as it's okay to get away with assaulting, like, passed out drunk girls or whatever and have it, like, as, like, a legitimate teaching moment for shit not to do. But this movie, no, it's like there's no teachable moment from this movie to walk away with. All of it is stuff not to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they need examples of like shit to actually do, man. Like it's like this shit was just crazy, man. It was crazy. Yeah. So all the reviewers like loved it. Like this is AFI's apparently. It, I think the original list. This is like the second AFI ranked comedy after Some Like It Hot. So I have pretty decent expectations. I watched but. Some Like It Hot again this weekend. No notes. 10 out of 10, no notes. (laughs) All right, there it is. There it is. And, like, that is a comedy that laughs at a lot of different type of people without ever really being mean to any of them. Yeah. I legit don't think you need to finish this movie, man. Like, if you want to be a completionist, I I understand being a completionist, but I would not tell you to finish this movie. They named his ass Spearchucker Jones. And everyone like, oh, this is the best comedy of all time. Holy shit. Like, god damn. Doctor Strangelove is mean to everybody. Yeah. And this one is just mean to not white guys. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Basically, man. And so as a side effect of that, it almost immediately hits you with like an us and them feeling. Whereas with those other comedies, I feel like we can all laugh together. Yeah, because there's even like a fucking, um, you missed it as well. In the same scene where you're introduced to the name Spirit Trucker Jones, the country guy, he's like, well, I can't have him near me. I can't have him sleep in my unit. So now we have just, other than the nickname of racism, we just have blatant racists there. And we're supposed to be like, he's a good guy. No, like this, I can definitely, well, I can't definitely say I was going to say this is maybe the worst movie we cover this season, but it's definitely the worst movie we've covered this season so far. And I would say probably the worst movie we've covered in a really long time. Yeah, and I mean, I would say that a lot of the other stuff that we've covered, at least, has had some other stuff to enjoy. Yeah. And this is one that really, in my mind, does not. Yeah, definitely. Coming down the aisle, representing the Hyphen Podcast Group, they are the unbeatable team of B-Hyphen. I'm just saying, you worked yourself into a shoe to answer the question. Bay. My, my firm belief is a DDT should beat anybody. Showing mad love. Rude me this, Batman. If two go in the pink. <laughs> the novelist. And catch Shinetti. This is what Brock Lesnar thinks he looks like if Brock Lesnar were a beautiful woman. They are the Wrestlecast Power Did you have a chance to catch Wuthering Heights? Oh, yes, you did, because we talked about it. Uh, did yeah. You, <laughs> did you have a chance to catch it? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, man, because I was thinking of movies that... Whose who's brain is melting out of whose mouth now? <sighs> yeah, because, I mean, because Withinger Heights was a movie that I, overall, I didn't necessarily like however there were still a lot of good things to take away from it so yeah it, it wasn't a bad experience 
But this one was just a bad experience. So, so personally, uh, yes, I actually finished watching The Treasure of the Sierra Madre back when we had it like a couple weeks ago on the schedule. Okay. But I went ahead and revisited it this weekend. Okay. And I think it's fine. I liked it. I like Treasure Sarah Madre. I think it's very well done. Yeah. And well acted and a little long for my taste, but fine. I definitely like seeing Bogart just like full tilt, dirty ass. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Dirty, shitty, washed up Bogart is good. So I did fuck with Treasure Sarah Madre. Um, Do you think you'll ever get to... Uh, watching Grapes of Wrath. It's a. I'll say. I'll definitely say it's a sad boy movie. It's bleak as shit. I enjoyed it, but there's times where I can definitely enjoy bleak things. I'm working up to the Banshees of Inisherin right now. Like oh, yeah? I went ahead and and looked up some context-free like does the dog die spoilers just to kind of make sure I knew what my brain was going to be dealing with. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a moment of 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 tragedy in that movie so so it, i feel i feel pretty ready i don't know be, that i'm gonna like do it right now because now i'm just a little stressed so depresso but uh you know yeah. i feel ready when i'm a little more ready yeah i would say catch that in the pocket where you're not feeling stresso depresto stretcho finesto so did you have a chance to in the appropriate transition did you have a chance to catch 1930s all quiet on the western front no <laughs> uh was i supposed to that was on the list i thought we were doing treasure of the sierra madre and mash am i not looking at the most up-to-date list uh no you are not <laughs> oh okay mine says third april mash slash treasure of the sierra madre that may have been the original but okay well that's the one i have <laughs> well well actually i can talk about treasure share mandre uh so well <laughs> well then you brought it up so i was like great we're doing that all right so but no Do i have I, time for three movies in a week what do no. you think i am made of time not depressed i mean been there still there but actually I'm, i don't think i'm nervous but that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's always the other side, cat. You get to the other side. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think Treasure of the Sierra Madre is definitely as straightforward of an action vehicle that you can get. While I think some moments of it are slightly depressing, but is not necessarily bogged down in that very much. Yes. So I can definitely see, like, if I'm, like, a teenager or a kid in 1948 watching Treasures Here of Madre, I can kind of see how this would definitely be, like, an intriguing movie to kind of stick around with. So I love yeah. the quote. I love Go the ahead. quote. I know what gold does to a man's soul. So <laughs> the older gentleman who was kind of like the uh, the shepherd for them I really fuck with his character pretty heavily, so it was a really good movie to me. Yeah, I I really liked also, though, like, it's another one of those films and, and the performances. It reminds me of Power of the Dog in a lot of ways, where you can see every single domino and every single performance yeah. fall, where Bogart goes from, let me help fund this expedition, to, I know what gold does, to I know what gold does like <laughs> yeah it's just really well done yeah and every the reactions of the rest of the party as well I think are wonderful in in a similar vein so we have multiple drafts of the season and one of the drafts of the season actually paired treasures here Madre with grapes of wrath which yeah. both of them actually they're they're kind of the same tale, but Treasures Here Madre takes you from a point of we're not gonna get bogged down in the depression of being poor. We're gonna try to put you on an adventure to find gold while Grapes of Wrath is like, we broke as fuck and we 
we we about to stay broke as fuck. So if not just emotionally broke as fuck, physically broke as fuck. Yes, physically, financially, spiritually broke as fuck totally. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a review, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow cat at cat underscore chin at t on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at show and mad love, S-H-O-W-I-N-M-A-D-L-O-V on Twitter and Letterboxd. Follow the show on Twitter at cat and mark. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenlee. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> It's your boy, the Mark Rob. So we normally don't end episodes with deleted scenes, but I figured it was appropriate because we didn't necessarily talk about Treasure of the Sierra Madre really that long Um, in what is undoubtedly the largest derail and we should do this again sometime history. Me and Kat get into recent events at the WWE. We talk about screenings for Renfield and also RuPaul. <laughs> if you're a wrestling fan, uh, definitely stick around. Check out this tacked on deleted scenes fair. Uh, if you're only a movie fan and don't necessarily care about wrestling, fuck it. Give us a listen anyway. <laughs> um, if not, we'll see you next week. But for those who have stuck around, enjoy. Love you. But when are you going to see Renfield? Uh, Tuesday. Not tomorrow, but, like, next week. Okay, I was about to say. No, our, we're getting it, like, later than everyone in the world. I'm like, what? yeah, it's, like, out. Like, all the reviewers have already seen it. And I'm like. Oh, really? I Shit. gotta wait, like, a fucking week? Shit. Man, they're not fucking with Boston no more. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, they've done this before. Like, we're we're getting it after the embargo. Yeah, that's that's kind of strange, man. It's kind of strange. Every once in a while it happens, and it always happens for, like, when a bunch of movies are, like, bunched up at a time. Yeah. And it's almost always the horror one that gets the latest pop, unless it's, like, prestige. Like, they count the Scream as the prestige in it ones now. Well, horror should be something that is held back, though, right? Just for the sake of not leaking spoilers? I mean, yes and no. I was going to say, you can't really spoil this movie. Like, if you've seen the trailer, you know what it is, so. Yeah, and also, like, I would argue that I, I care more about the spoilers of, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, a, a, a big-name drama or whatever. But, like, I, I would have cared more if something, like, you know even like everything everywhere all at once was like spoiled. Yeah. Cause like a horror, like at at the end of the day, right. Unless you literally go like this person dies, like whatever. Yeah. I care more about RuPaul's drag race getting spoiled than I do about like the next horror movie franchise piece getting spoiled. So does Eric. So does Eric. Uh, Yeah. Eric, a famous RuPaul fan. I mean, shit, he is now, shit. <laughs> he is latched on to the train, buddy. No one tell him that RuPaul fracks. Um. <laughs> Hilarious. Because I, I, I feel that I have to keep my like of RuPaul at arm's distance because RuPaul is not necessarily actually a good person. Yeah, there's a little, little twinge of the problematic there, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> but we gotta let we gotta well I may leave this in. Sorry, Eric. Sorry to spoil sorry for the spoiler alert, Eric. <laughs> Our bad. Our bad. But um so you ended up watching um the Cody match? Yeah. Which is on uh you have Peacock? Yeah, I do. I wasn't going to because I didn't wanna like support them, but yeah. I found out Greg was watching it on my Peacock. <laughs> So, uh, so I was like, okay, yeah, it, it really doesn't matter. Did you get a little FOMO? This is a trust. This is a trust circle, and with me and all our listeners. Um, uh, no, no, I didn't. But I really have admired a lot of the stuff that Cody has done. 
And I'm really interested to see what he chose to trade in a leadership product, like role for. Yeah. You know, like I, I really liked the work he did with AEW. I liked the work that he did before AEW and I don't really like who he is now. Oh yeah. A hundred pages of table setting though. I mean, he had a long fucking has. He still has a career with his stupid fucking mustache. Uh, he looks he's like had a, a long fucking sketch. He looks sketchy. That's listen, fuck. man. I'm telling you, that is not Vince McMahon. That's Vince <laughs> McVan. Alternate universe. Oh my god, the timelines are fucked up and crossed up. Holy shit. He's in the wrong portal. He's in the wrong dimension. Yeah, like I. <laughs> Fix McMahon. Yes, hello, my name is Mince McVan. Ha ha! Jeez, he looks like a fucking character, man. How they let that man step out the house like that, yo? That's just crazy. Did no one tell him that his eyebrows looked like that? Bro, I would love to be rich. He looks like he filled him in with fucking shoe polish. I would love to be rich so no one can tell me anything. Like, <laughs> John John Cena in his fucking custom Kowloon Air Force Ones didn't go, bro. Maybe dial it back with the eyebrows a little bit. And if we like, know, and if we know any wrestler is doing some funny things with the hair, it's John Cena, boy. It's John Cena. Man, yo. This is a this is a weird art form, man. <laughs> I, I might come on for a little bit on on Friday, but also part of the problem is like I don't know that y'all are gonna like what I have to say. I think it's fucked that they're still pushing Austin Theory, who now has over fifteen under fifteen year old girls accusing Christ. him of trying to groom him or groom Jeez. them. Jesus Christ. Well, uh, no, you're there to keep them. He's my age. You're there to keep them honest. So, yes, if you need to wreck shit. I think it's shit. fucked that Cena said yes to helping put him over. I think it's fucked that Cena helped put him over in front of a group of fucking children, the age of which fucking Austin Theory would love to get in with. Jeez. So, by extension... Potentially, John Cena put those children in danger. I mean, that is a fair one plus two scenario there, man. So this is this is the honestly WrestleMania this weekend made me remember why I looked down on wrestling for so many years and thought it was literal (laughs) scum. (laughs) Cat, we need first of all, I'm going to tee if you come on, I'm going to do your intros. I'm going to do your AKAs. So I think that alone you need to come. All right. Cat, keep them honest, man. I mean, because I don't know any of this shit, so I can't do it. So, yeah, man, keep them honest. Yeah, it's just, you know, and listen, I say the same shit about Darby Allen. Darby Allen has several credible allegations behind him. I wish they'd do the thing they did with Sammy Guevara, where they send him off to reform school for a little bit and donate a bunch of his money to you know, women's charities and whatever, so we can at least believe they've become better people and not hate them or the company for enabling their behavior. Yeah, man. We're we're living in the weirdest time. The weirdest time. But also, they keep putting the Usos over, and one of them has, like, seven fucking DUIs. Christ. Like, how long are they going to have Roman just roam uh, I'm gonna wager he makes it to like a thousand and and a little, but not much more than that. Yeah, that's what everyone's saying. So. And I'm pretty sure it's still going to be, yeah, Jimmy Uso arrested for DUI again. Jeez, how long ago was that? 2021. Christ. Uh, Uso's. Let's see, 2011, 2019, 2019, 2013, 2020. One two thousand twenty one. That's crazy, man. So six. He's also not allowed in Canada anymore. Cause he's a felon. Well 
at least, you know, America's hat, they be they be standing on ten toes with that. We not letting you in this fucking country bullshit. You're you're a wild ass American. We cannot let you in here, buddy. Not on my watch. I mean, if you knew someone was a drunk driver who had done it multiple times, hadn't received help, and was actively being enabled by their workplace, and you had the option to say no, thank you, you would say no, thank you. I think. Touche. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I'm not over here trying to say that all wrestlers are great people. I don't think that they are. I think that the Young Bucks have got some shit, allegedly. You know, I think I think that, you know, there's clearly some shit happening. Yeah. And some of these people are shitty people. Yeah. And some of them are just guys. But I think that WWE has started, hasn't started, it's been doing it for a while. It's been not just glorifying dangerous behavior in terms of the stunts, but it's glorifying dangerous behavior by not punishing their talent. Yeah. If Vince likes them. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I've noticed recently is I've noticed a lot more people that I know have started following serial sexual assailant with over 120 accusations. Joey Ryan again. Jesus. It's not good, man. That, that's why I say, Kat, you got to keep folks honest, and man. Maybe he found God and congratulations, but he never apologized or acknowledged what he did. Yeah. He apologized for hurting people's feelings. Jesus. By the way, all of the people that are following him that I'm noticing who are giving him another chance and going back to him, men. Well, that, that's how it always goes, man. That's how it always goes. Yeah, but if, if he shows up on, well, he started doing uh, Lucha again, so it wouldn't surprise me. So is Marty Skrull, by the way. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Marty Skrull, who fucked an intoxicated 17-year-old when he was in his 30s, uh, rolls up on some American promotion soon. Jesus Christ. I don't think it's going to be the E because Cody is kind of o- done with him. Because this all happened when they were in, uh, like, New Japan, Ring of Honor together. He was a member of the Bullet Club. He was the one with the Plague Doctor mask, if you remember. Um, He's actually in Adam Page's children's book, which is really sad. Because they were friends, and this is before he knew what happened. Bro. (laughs) So, are none of the fucking men in the WWE worth a shit? I mean... Cody's an idiot, but I don't think he's done anything wrong. Okay. Roman hasn't done anything wrong except continuing to cover for his cousins who are doing wrong shit. Yeah. Um, a lot of people say Shane is the best of the McMahons, but that's kind of like saying you got hit by a two-seater car instead of a truck. You don't really want it, but it's better than some of the alternatives. Um, he, like, didn't he tear his, like, his Oh, yeah, he got shit? out there and immediately fucked up his knee. Uh, cause someone didn't fucking stretch. Um, yeah, man. I think that John Cena's probably got some shit, but he also does a lot of good shit. Yeah. Has there been any accusation about Cena? I haven't heard anything. There about haven't him. been any accusations, but there's definitely been a little like he was a little tone deaf when he did this or whatever. I mean, he was the thugonomics bullshit. Like, I mean, that's what it was called, right? I don't know. I wasn't alive. Yes, you were, Catherine. But Catherine let's... Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I want to call you Catherine Arnold? <laughs> I have no clue why I wanted to do that. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be one of my AKAs this week now, isn't it? I mean, it may have to be. AKA All right, Catherine hang on. I'm going through the men's roster. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Bray Wyatt. Seems fine. AJ Styles is really Christian in a way that might be uh, bad, but that's okay. He's friends with at least one bisexual, so it's we'll probably it. fine. We'll take he's, it. He's uncomfortable with the fact that men find him attractive, but that's okay. Um, uh, you, my thoughts on Austin Theory are well-established at this point. Yes. Oh, Braun Strowman. I... Uh, Braun Breaker, oi. Is that the uh, the MAGA dude? Yeah, yeah, yes. 
Um, Cody Rhodes, fine. <laughs> the first thing that comes up after I Google him isn't controversy, so I think we're in the clear there. Uh, I've heard Finn Balor is fine. Gunther, anyone who's that willing to get that close with Nazi iconography is probably hiding something. I was um, to say, yeah, yeah. I don't know who some of these people are, so I'm just skipping them if I don't recognize them because I don't want to say anything stupid. There it is. The Usos. <laughs> um, Johnny Gargano, nice man. All right, there it Does is. Does nice right. man things. Likes the Power Rangers. All right, okay. Uh, seems like a nice guy. Um, oh, uh, the, what was it? What's his name? Shit. Hang on. I scrolled past him too quickly. Oh, the Big E was very funny on Wheel of Fortune this week. A uh, Big E was on Wheel of Fortune? I yes. think the three of them, they're they're okay, right? I yeah, know one yeah. had the sex tape leak, but, you know, Wait, that wasn't yeah. his fault. Yeah. Hopefully. People people be fucking. It's okay. Um, people Logan Paul. Fucking. Oh, no. Next question. Skip. Oh, Matt Riddle. Oh, no. <laughs> ah! Um... Also accused of sexual misconduct. Uh, said that it wasn't true, but then, like, did the same thing again, maybe. Also violated their drug policy a bunch of times. Uh, always with marijuana, supposedly, except this last time where he disappeared and hasn't really been back much since. So who's to say? Yeah. Nothing's come out about Pat McAfee yet, but if it came out that hey. he, like, did something fucking awful when he was in a fraternity or whatever, it wouldn't surprise me. McAfee, I was a freshman. McAfee's his second to last year, and the sophomore his last year. He was like a campus legend. But if anything bad would have come out during those years, like it would have spread like wildfire. So, but that's only when he was in college. So I have no clue what he did, like when he was actually in the NFL. Um, apparently. Uh, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins, maybe leaked a nude of a woman. Of, yeah. Um, superstar. Uh, unless you've been living under this is from 2015. So, uh, unless you've been living under a rock the last several days, wrestling fans have seen the controversy that has surrounded uh, WWE superstar Seth Rollins following the release of nude photographs after Rollins' social media accounts were hacked. Um. Oh, so he didn't do it. It just got hacked. Uh, yeah. He, oh, a nude picture of NXT diva Zara, Zara Schreiber was posted to Rollins' social media accounts. Uh, oh. Rollins' fiance, Layla Schultz, then allegedly posted nude pictures of Roland, oh. Rollins on her Facebook account and mocked him and posts to a friend. Oh, shit. Like, why would, well... She didn't. Well, it's not that the that they they came out. She she would have had to know and they leaked, but he should not have been oh in God. possession oh of a woman's nudes. Per Silverstein, uh, she also wrote several uh, posts on a friend's Facebook page, quoting things he said to Schreiber, such as "I hate my life and my fiance. I just want to run away with you." Oh shit! Oh no! Also, I would just like to state for the record that one of my dear friends, Parker. Looks exactly like Seth Rollins. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean, hey. You know what? He he gave a decent apology, at least. Sorry. Sorry, I don't like you. <laughs> no, he doesn't weigh in on whether or not he likes his fiance. Wait, did he marry that woman? Hang on. Now I gotta find out. Married? Question mark? Yeah. Oh, so she, so they got, they no. still got married? Oh, oh. No. Oh. Well, an L for love. As of I 2023, suppose. Layla Schultz is not dating anymore. Oh. Does she look hot or is she looking? Uh, yeah, she, she be being. She live in San Antonio or the greater San Antonio metro area? Oh, right, because Seth Rollins is married to Becky Lynch, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Well, I saw them like in the booth together. I don't know if they're actually married or not. Oh my god, I found one of those blogs that translates news articles badly. Yes, right now Seth Rollins has formally accepted that he engages to Becky Lynch. Yeah! <laughs> Alright. 
So so he's like so isn't it faux pas to be running through other wrestlers though? I mean he's being kind of a dog, but I'm kind of in, into it. Of course, Becky Lynch is the fiancé of Seth Rollins. Before this, he got engaged with Layla, but this was his mistake, that he chooses a lady who never, who later left him because of unmatured issue. Jesus Christ. This is my new favorite website. Hilarious, man. Is Seth Rollins married to Becky, Becky Lynch? Uh... <laughs> Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, this is from 2020. Uh, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are not get married. Definitely, they need more time before taking this biggest decision of life. <laughs> Who the fuck is writing this? The biggest decision of life. I think that this is translated from like... Some other foreign language? Yeah, because like Abigail Spencer husband is married boyfriend Josh Pence dating. Is the next headline on this website? Did you hear like the Russian website? What the fuck? I don't know what this website is, and I'm kind of afraid to like click around on it too much because I don't wanna like get a virus. Understandable, understandable. I'm just trying to see if I can find by like googling the name. Okay, Uh, I believe that it is Croatian. (laughs) Oh, alright. Shout out our question, brothers and sisters. Uh, Thank you, Celeste Hurtley, for this amazing journalistic coverage. We'll we'll be sure to put this episode out in Croatian speak. So let me go back to the roster real quick. So I'll definitely say that uh, don't send Seth Rollins your nudes. Um, (laughs) Yes. I feel like I've heard that Sheamus is fine. Um, I don't want to be wrong, though. Uh, apparently, The Miz is, like, not the nicest, but is fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. Okay. I don't even want to say he's not necessarily the nicest. He's probably fine. Oh, nope, never mind. Um, Hang on, hang on. Apparently, he did some shit. He was banned from the locker room? And what year? Like now? 2021. I don't make a very good uh, first impression normally. I'm sometimes loud. I have no filter. I kind of just say what's on my mind. Oh, okay. Did he say racism? Um, You know, some people like that. Some people don't. I was rubbing people the wrong way. People just saw me a certain way. And I was a loud, obnoxious, egotistical, arrogant reality star. Hold on. He said the racism thing too? No, I'm, that was me editorializing. Okay, I was about to say, you got to warn us, Kat. You, you read that a little bit too close together, Kat. We can't be misquoting The Miz, Kat. Oh, wait. Uh, no, okay, he talked about this in 2021. I don't know when he was banned. Oh, yeah. All right, so maybe not him either. <laughs> oh, Okay. According to John Morrison, The Undertaker let Miz back in the locker room after Chris Benoit murdered his family. Oh, my. Uh. (laughs) That was a uh, strange time in professional wrestling. The Miz called out for white privilege after controversial statements about Kofi Kingston 2020. No surprise there. No All right. surprise. Uh, I, I I don't know. Triple H kind of did his ex dirty. Which but, ex? Uh, when he was dating, yeah, China. Yeah, yeah. We're reaching the end of the people I know. Uh, Vince McMahon speaks for himself. Um, yeah, that's, that's that's those are all the ones I care to really weigh in on. All right, there it is. There it is. Uh, I want. I feel like I'm going to end the regular episode and just tack this on. If you if you care about wrestling takes, yes, cat, yes. Do you care about professional wrestling? Not well, anymore. Well, I was asking the audience, cat, not you. But thank you for answering. <laughs> it's a it's a weird ass. It's. Actually, I think it's going to get weirder with them in the corporation now, man. Well, if they're the same people who are willing to do business with UFC, I'm going to go ahead and assume morals aren't anybody's strongest suit. 
I think that's appropriate assumption. So yes. I also think this may end up being a conflict of interest for CM Punk, who is presently doing UFC commentary. Mm. If he does, if he does intend to return to AEW, I think that might create some problems if he doesn't handle it carefully. But um, I don't think it'd be that bad though. But I get, I get what you're saying now. Yeah, but also he's him. He is him. You're right. Cat, when you're right, you're right. Does happen sometimes. So, Charger of the Sarah Madre. I'm just, I'm just, I'm totally kidding. That'd be that if if we actually talk about that movie again right now, that will be the longest derail we've ever had. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, Vince McMahon knows what gold does to a man's soul. <laughs> He absolutely his leprechaun fucking ass. He knows what goes into a man's soul. Slammed that dunk. Uh. Basically. Alley that oop. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?